It's Tuesday, August the 3rd, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, America hits a vaccine target and Qantas furloughs more staff. First, the world in brief. 70% of American adults have received at least one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine, hitting President Joe Biden's target one month later than hoped. The milestone is good news nonetheless, as the highly transmissible Delta variant wreaks havoc among the unvaccinated. Case rates have surged in states and communities with low vaccination rates, prompting some local officials to mull mask and vaccine mandates. Qantas furloughed 2,500 pilots, cabin crew and ground staff working on domestic routes in response to the lockdown and travel restrictions being imposed in Sydney. The Australian carrier has already idled around 6,000 staff employed on its international routes, which have been grounded since June 2020. Qantas expects the furlough to last for at least two months. Four Palestinian families threatened with eviction from the Sheikh Jarrah neighbourhood in East Jerusalem rejected an offer brokered by Israel's high court to remain in their homes as, quote, protected tenants. The deal would mean them giving up their claims to houses they have lived in for generations. Dozens face eviction after Israeli settler groups purchased land rights from Jewish families who lived there before Israel's independence in 1948. Vitaly Shishov, a Belarusian dissident living in exile in Ukraine, was reported missing. Mr. Shishov runs an NGO that helps Belarusians fleeing President Alexander Lukashenko's regime to settle abroad. His friends say he had recently been followed. Separately, Kristina Tsimanouskaya, a Belarusian sprinter who refused to return home from the Tokyo Olympic Games, was given a humanitarian visa by Poland. Business surveys suggested that Asia's economic recovery is slowing. The Tsaishin Market Manufacturing Purchasing Managers Index for China fell from 51.3 in June to 50.3 in July. 50 is the level that separates expansion from contraction. Japan's PMI rose over the same period. But those for Indonesia, Malaysia and Vietnam fell, partly because of rising COVID-19 case numbers. Goldman Sachs is set to boost the pay of its junior bankers. First-year analysts will earn a starting wage of $110,000, an increase of nearly 30%. A flurry of deal-making activity has turbocharged fees at the investment bank and burnout among its peons. In an internal survey, younger workers reported toiling 95 hours a week with five hours sleep a night. Germany joined Israel and France in approving booster shots for elderly people and those with underlying health conditions, starting next month. Experts remain unsure if third jabs are needed, though vaccine makers are keen to get them approved. Data from Pfizer showed protection from symptomatic COVID-19 dropped to 84% from a peak of 96% four to six months after its second shot. And fact of the day. 6.6 million, the number of new firms born in America since the start of the pandemic. And now, here's today's agenda. Lo and behold, a bipartisan infrastructure bill. Pity the printers. 
After frenetic bipartisan negotiations, a 2,702-page behemoth of an infrastructure bill was released on Sunday evening, which promised to shower hundreds of billions of dollars on roads, passenger railways, broadband and electric vehicle charging stations. But getting toner to paper is only the start of things. This package is meant to be the bipartisan portion of a two-pronged infrastructure package. The second, stuffed with democratic wishlist items on climate change and the safety net, is promised to be an even larger bill passed through a process called budget reconciliation, which would sidestep the threat of a Republican filibuster. Even if the first package passes the Senate this week, as Chuck Schumer, the Democratic leader in the chamber, wishes, it will probably not pass the House of Representatives and become law until negotiations on the second version are completed. The printers will have more work ahead of them. Bit Concerned Cryptocurrency Regulation There is never a dull moment in the world of Bitcoin. The cryptocurrency rallied to $42,000 over the weekend, helped by encouraging words from Elon Musk, the boss of Tesla, an electric vehicle company, as well as unconfirmed rumors that an e-commerce giant, Amazon, may be entering the sector. Yet on Monday morning, Bitcoin's price fell by 5%. Not all investors are sanguine. China cracked down on Bitcoin mining in June. Last week, American legislators sealed a deal that would tax crypto investors. Other watchdogs are trying to rein in Binance, the largest crypto exchange. Regulators are slowly grasping that a crypto mega-crash where, say, the price of Bitcoin falls to zero would not just cause havoc among crypto investors – It could also hurt markets for traditional assets. One channel of contagion might be a run on stablecoins, which investors use to trade cryptocurrencies without using the banking system. Expect further immune reactions. Feeling the Heat – Alibaba's Earnings Alibaba, a Chinese e-commerce group, has had a rough year. The company has been a primary target in a crackdown on tech companies in the country. In April, it was hit with a record fine of 18 billion yuan, $2.8 billion, for what regulators called abuse of its market dominance. Its once high-flying co-founder Jack Ma hasn't been seen for months. Today, it releases results for the quarter to the end of June. A consensus of analysts at Bloomberg, a news service, expects the company to report a net income of 38.8 billion yuan, down by 4.4% from the same period a year ago. Projected revenues of 209.4 billion yuan would represent year-on-year growth of 36.2%. But that would be down from the 64% growth in the previous quarter, Industry watchers will be searching for hints that the company is out of hot water, but Alibaba's troubles are unlikely to cool any time soon. Together for now, Brazil's Congress and Jair Bolsonaro. Today, Brazil's Senate resumes its investigation into the government's handling of the pandemic, which has claimed the lives of more than 550,000 Brazilians. The probe will focus on alleged corruption in negotiations for vaccines. A whistleblower testified in June about irregularities in a deal for 20 million doses of the Indian-made Covaxin. President Jair Bolsonaro is a particular focus of attention. 
A record number of people want him out, and he is being investigated by prosecutors for corruption, which he denies. So far, demands for his impeachment have fallen on deaf ears. Mr Bolsonaro has created new ministries to cater to the Central, a group of parties willing to stand by him. Meanwhile, ex-president Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva is leading early polls for an election in 2022. Yesterday, Brazil's Supreme Electoral Court also opened an investigation into Mr Bolsonaro after he predicted, without evidence, that the election will be mired in fraud. Pray Away the Hate, an ex-gay documentary In 2013, Alan Chambers, the president of Exodus International, posted a statement on the organization's website. Since the 1970s, the evangelical Christian group had offered to, quote, help people who wish to limit their homosexual desires through prayer and conversion therapy, bogus attempts to change a person's sexual orientation. But Mr. Chambers conceded that these methods were not only ineffective, but also harmful to those it was purporting to help. I am sorry that some of you spent years working through the shame and guilt you felt, he said, as he announced Exodus's closure. Pray Away, a documentary released on Netflix today, follows former Exodus leaders, many of them now openly gay, advocates of conversion therapy, as well as its victims to explore the history of the ex-gay movement in America. Though the institution has closed, its legacy endures. The belief that sexual or gender identity is a choice persists, particularly on the religious right. If only that could be prayed away. Summer Quiz, Week 3 Up for another battle with our baristas in a summer quiz? For Week 3, we'll again serve up a daily question. On Thursday, your challenge will be to give all four answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 BST on Thursday to editor-espresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Friday. Tuesday. Which ancient city had a coin depicting an owl? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Clifford D. Simak, who was born on this day in 1904. Before man goes to the stars, he should learn how to live on Earth. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.